When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back. I'm Jeremy, hanging out with Matt, MWR.com. We have made it through the deserts of the offseason. Well, have we officially made it, Matt, at MWR.com? Because this is our big mega preview, not yet week of football podcast. Jeremy, this, Jeremy, it's, we're recording this. It is game week. We have made it. We have arrived at the 2022 college football season, as far as I'm concerned. Sunday, August 21st, 6.56 Mountain Time as we start this. Hopefully, you'll be listening to us before midnight if you want to, Sunday night. We're here. We made it. We are talking our mega preview, which whispers, it's only like an hour. because it's, it's only an hour because of time constraints, but it's okay. It's still a big preview. Going over lots of questions you guys sent in and over-unders and fun stuff we're playing the game with. So, football's here. Woo! That's right. <laughs> we're not doing a two-hour show like we've done in the past because, well, stuff happens. But we'll give you all the info. And it'll be awesome and great and amazing because we have five games next week we'll get to. But this show, here's what we're doing. If you haven't listened to any of our preview podcasts, what the heck are we doing all summer? Come on. There's still time to listen to all 12 teams. Record predictions from both of us. News that, if we're honest, Matt, we knocked on wood last week like for the New Mexico show about our most recent show, I should say. No big, no earth-shattering news within the conference. No injuries, no sudden transfers. Well, nothing. there have been there have been a couple of injuries. Well, but injury, but nothing in terms nothing in terms of like well, I mean, if you're a Wyoming fan, you're probably feeling the injuries to both Buck Coors and Gunnar Gentry. Apologies. Let me rephrase. We're not we're not seeing a we need to make a phrase a Donald Hammond situation. We did not have one of those this offseason again, right? No, and also San Diego State losing T.J. Sullivan, I believe, for the entire season as well. Okay. Cool. Oh, good. No, but nothing so like there's been, a, there's been a few, but you know what? Honestly, like with the, with fall camp going on, it's been relatively quiet, especially on the injury front in particular. And so I think for that, you know, I would say, you know, with the, with the exception of the handful of injuries that I just mentioned, you know, if you're, you know, all systems go for basically every contender in the mountain West. And I think, you know, that just makes the entire season that much more exciting going into it. Now that we're less than a week away. Exactly. Less than a week away. Here's how this is going to go. We're going to go through a few news and notes from 
team because some of these preview podcasts started back in what late May was that when we started this I believe something like that yeah June. sounds about right so like I said we're lucky the news hasn't gone too off the rails for certain things like there's teams where we'll go through team by team at least kind of a quick hit before we get to the fun stuff like quarterback situation they're still up in the air we'll get to UNLV New Mexico teams like that are looking for a quarterback we'll any news you may if you've been sleeping in the offseason did you know hey Shavon Cordero is at San Jose State now which happened a long time ago uh, half of CSU or half of Nevada's with CSU. So we'll get to all this stuff. Do you have, Ooh, Matt, I see you just post on Twitter, your win loss record. I need to do that too. Excellent. But we're going to get to teams. Is there anything, let's go alphabetical order, air force, anything buzzworthy, noteworthy you want to get to about things. I didn't find or find anything overly interesting to add from this, like off, not off season, but this summer. Do you have anything for, not for this, the, I mean, uh, not office. really. And I think, you know, maybe right, more so <laughs> than every other team in the Mountain West, you know, and I wrote this when I wrote the offseason winners and losers column, which again, up on MWWire.com. Check it out. You know, no news is good news at the Academy because, you know, obviously they didn't really partake in the transfer portal one way or the other. Like they it's lost hard. key pieces, but they also didn't lose anything that they were going to miss dearly. Um, you know, they had, of course, Jordan Jackson drafted in the NFL draft. But, you know, they've got, you know, two or three guys who could feasibly step up into that defensive end position. And other than that, you know, they've sort of just been preparing to do what they've always done, which is, you know, more often than not, be competitive. Okay. Um, they named it, they, I think they officially named defensive coordinator for the offseason. There's no secret or build Brian Nor, kind of yeah. situation. So he got him as a DC. They bring, just real quick, like they bring most everybody back. Ezek Daniels, Brad Roberts, official. Oh, I guess Micah Davis is a big loss from this year for coming in. That is true. I guess that, yeah, that's a big loss there because he's a receiver slash let me toss the ball in a jet sweep or end around. So that's, that's a reasonably big loss for the offense, but I still think they have enough talent to what they do running the ball that it shouldn't be it shouldn't be felt too much because sometimes at the academy it's next guy up because it's sometimes who's, who's going to be the next Jalen Robinette? Who's going to be the guy to literally go three catches, 55 yards every game? Mm-hmm. That's that type of guy we don't know, and so that, that's a reasonably big loss in addition to the guys got drafted and things like that. But Boise State's int- intriguing. We'll move on to them. So, um, did you see what, J- what Nagy said of the Senior Bowl director about the secondary of Boise State? I believe he was referring particularly to JL Skinner, was he not? Yeah, basically referenced him to a uh, Seattle Seahawks safety or former safety Cam- chancellor, Cam- right? You know, um, pretty good back there <laughs> playing that secondary. That is that is home. true. I, I as a 49ers fan, I am well versed in that. You're familiar. I the defense is interesting. Like you you posted or Bill Connolly put out his updated SP plus and you did an article on it earlier today. I didn't realize Boise State was they moved up, they're number 12 SP plus. They're, yeah, we all they, talk, well, they we moved all, they moved up tw- uh they moved up a number of spots where in February in the initial uh, SP plus projections, they were second among Mountain West teams. And I think they were like 45th overall or something like that. Um, and then, Fresno, correct? Uh, yes, but they leapfrogged the Bulldogs in the most recent revision. So he, he had the, the original ones that came out in February. He had a, a first revision that came out in May. And then now, you know, the ones that he put out right before week zero next weekend. Uh, and to your point, yeah, the, the, the Broncos are number 12 specifically by defensive SP plus overall. Which is going to be interesting for them because their offense – there's a few concerns. It might be less for me because they lost, obviously, Khalil Shakir, who's tearing up with Buffalo Bills, is like I'm looking to be amazed. Him and Romeo Dubs, sheesh, those guys might be some great rookies to watch this year. Josh Allen chucking the ball. 
It's like, okay, it's going to be probably uh, looking who's going to throw. Hank Bachmar back at quarterback, obviously. You have, oh, my God, Stephen Cobb. Sorry, blanking on his name. Like, is it going to be that good? This team, because Boise State, we said this for a while on the podcast years ago. It's a long time ago. It's like, oh, offense, offense. They have guys like Alexander Madison, Jeremy McNichols, throwing the ball to, you have um, Zabransky and Helen Moore. Offense, offense, offense. Defense, honestly, for a good while, has been the better part of this team. And if they're mm-hmm. legit top 15 defense, the offense just needs to be okay. And that would clearly be enough for them to be in the title contention. Maybe, but also, like, you, you could have said that last year when the defense was very good last year. Fair point. The offensive line is a shambles. It had Okay, it's not a shambles, but it just has been healthy. And George mm-hmm. Lonnie's had a good spring so far, excuse me, good fall camp so far. He had that big 75-yard run in one of the scrimmages recently this past, I believe, maybe even this week, I forget, just recently. 75 yards since that, the other day, yeah. Yeah, just the other day. So if he's going well, because he's had injury bugs from, it, from, from him past couple of years, offensive line has been healthy. If the defense is as it is in the offense, your passing game, experienced quarterback, fifth-year starter Hank Bachmeyer, throwing the Cobb to see who else can step up. Those are my big concerns for the team. If the offensive line is there and holds up, because Bachmeyer's taking shots since day one of Florida State getting hit in the ribs. It's like, dude, he's been getting crushed. If that, we've said it for a while. If that gets together – they should be – I'm not going to guarantee them anything because nobody is just guaranteed, but they're in a better situation if that offensive line and running game is good because they'll need that because the passing game, it's still, to me, a little TBD because of the production they lost. But if the top yeah. 15 defense, offensive line gets going, there's no reason it shouldn't be 10 wins, I think, or not in that neighborhood. So to add a little context to what I mentioned before about the defense, like keep in mind that you know this unit last year was 23rd overall by defensive SB+. So – it was already in, in a position to be very good, but it was just that the offense was sort of hit or miss throughout the year, which is what led to, you know, the, I, I would say most of the seven and five record that they ended up with. I think the other thing, thinking of more recent developments, is the fact that, you know, the, the new transfer portal season has been underway for about three weeks now. I think it officially began on the first of this month. Mm-hmm. Boise State has already had four players enter the transfer portal. Do you realize that? I have not been paying attention to Portal. I saw you had an article draft going, but I have not. No, I've been working on other things. I haven't seen the departures already when when schools so, started. So, so to, to be clear, like none of the none of them have been what you might call major departures. Uh, there was Jacob Golden, offensive lineman, who I believe ran into a little bit of trouble with the law and was removed from the roster before he he went into the portal. Um, and then you know there was backup tight end Casey Klein, backup running back Taquan Tyler. Uh, and then Jalen Richmond, who I, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned his name specifically during our Boise State preview podcast as someone who I thought could you know, step up and contribute uh, among you know, Boise State's many talented wide receivers. So I don't know if it's necessarily like a red flag that there have been this many sort of late exits to the portal, but I think it is something that is maybe... I don't know. Would you call it a yellow flag? I'm kind of tempted to. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's probably guys who are like, well, I'm not starting, so I'm out of here. And part of it, too, is eligibility. Like, if they leave before the school starts or something, they either hop in the program super quick or they can, I guess, technically – I don't know how eligibility works. But, yeah, it's, it's a cause for concern to lose four guys once school basically starts or the day before school begins. <clears throat> Anything else you want to add? we got a Brett, Brett Blaston. Is that your biggest concern for the Broncos right now? It's something I think bears watching at least. Okay. 
So Colorado State's with them. We know Jerry Norville, the new coach, coming over from Nevada, brought half the team with them. My biggest thing with them is Clay Millen, who one of the guys came over. I believe he wasn't he our freshman of the preseason player of the year, Clay Millen. That is correct. So if he can figure things out, pass the ball to all the guys that came over, and he also still have Dante Wright. They need a new tight end, obviously, with um, Trey McBride now at the Arizona Cardinals. But Coach Norvell basically said recently, which is not a shock, the offense struggling in a recent scrimmage, which is to be expected with a new team, new first-time coach, quarterback who's never really seen any experience, and guys meshing from the portal and current roster on the Rams. And there's all, a lot of newness going on, so that doesn't shock me at all. But the big question, like, what are your thoughts on the Rams? Most people are like a dark horse, bull-eligible team. I am not sure if I'm there. I mean, I think it's more or less a coin flip. Like, in my own predictions, we talked about this, of course, more at length during the Rams podcast. But I do think that they will get to bull eligibility. I think, for, for my part, the thing that I'm still keeping an eye out for is not necessarily on the offensive side of the ball, but how well defense comes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially up front where they're missing or they're having to replace a number of, of guys who created a lot of havoc along the defensive line last year. So, um, you know, without necessarily rehashing that in all the detail that we did a couple months ago, I think, you know, that is likely to be the thing that, that sort of determines their ceiling more so than the offense. Like if the offense is up and down, I think that still means that they're likely to be in a lot of shootouts throughout most of the year. But if the defense can't keep up, they might find themselves on the wrong end of some of, of more of those shootouts than they want to be. I think about Boise State should have a solid offense. Air Force is the tough offense. They play uh, – they got Michigan, which is not going to be close. The, the teams they play within the league overall, like New Mexico will be fine. Wyoming will be a low-scoring game. But there's enough teams on the schedule where it's like if defense isn't there to play, they could, it could be a long year. Yeah, um, but you so, know, to, to that point, um, and maybe this is something we can bring up now – um, because I know you put together sort of a what are the odds list, but I think it's this yeah. is a good juncture. What do we got? So according to the 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 FP plus or excuse me F plus projections that were put out in the Football Outsiders Almanac, which if you haven't bought it, I would recommend buying it to enlighten yourself as a college football fan. But they gave the Rams a thirty percent chance of getting to six and six, or probability, excuse me, sixteen percent and going seven and five. And then, you know, 7% to go 8-4, and four, 2% to go 9-3, and three, which is all to say that, like I said, when I say it's it's slightly better than a coin flip to get to bull eligibility, that's sort of what that that part of the bell curve looks like. It's just, you know, they they could fall short and they could get there. And I think it's just going to, uh, I think the, the offense, more than anything else, is going to be the thing that carries them there. Yeah, I don't seem to touch that for me because we're looking – I'm going to on my spreadsheet for a record for the year. If you can go back and listen to that show if you want. But I have – on my Google sheet, it won't work. What was your record for the Rams again? Why get this going? Six and Did six, have, four and four in conference. Okay. I had them five and seven overall with only two conference wins, being the Hawaii and Nevada. Or it should be three in New Mexico. There's a chance – I'm like, there's not a chance, but I would say the coin flip is about, all right, the 30% and 17%. I would put it more like one and four that they get to a bowl game. They'd have to beat, say, San Jose State or Wyoming to get there. And that would be what they'd have to beat, I think, to get the six, one of those two games. And San Jose okay. State's on the road. Wyoming's at home. So those are the two I think they'd have to get a win to get bowl eligibility. I just think they're not quite there. If Norville State often struggles, not a, not a big deal to think about because that happens this time of year. Or that's coach speaking stuff. But I just think not quite yet for me. So we're going so what to about Fresno State. Well, they're good, right? Is that what we need to say? They're very good? <laughs> yeah. What's your, what's your concern with your team? You get to your team. What's your concern with the Bulldogs? 
So, you know, I, I, so I understand on the one hand, in terms of returning production, they basically bring back more than anybody else in the conference, which generally is, in, in, you know, a pretty strong indicator of correlation of success from year to year. I just, I, first of all, I wonder, I still wonder about the offensive line and whether they might get hamstrung against some of the better pass rushes that they have faced this year. Which, if you listen to our Bulldogs podcast, you know is the primary reason why I had them lose to, losing to both Boise State and San Diego State this year. Um, so, so I, this is not to say that I don't think that they're going to be in the mix, but I just feel like that's still the one potential hindrance that could hold them back from from truly reaching their ceiling is just keeping Hainer on his feet long enough to make plays against the best defenses they're going to play this year. What's their chance of beating USC? Oh, um, I don't know, because one in five, maybe twenty percent. I USC, like I people work with, and people we, everywhere you look around USC, they're going to be back. They're awesome. They're like split zone duo guys. He gets Rose Bowl or bust. I'm like, come on, really? No, I, I think, think they were speaking more in terms of like if eight and four is probably a disappointment, though. I think eight and four would be good for them. I know they have, but, I, but, but, but also who, who really knows? That's the point. Like the Pac-12 all-conference team, when they did, I think they had four or five. They had first team, they had Trey Dye, or Travis Dye from Oregon, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, Mario Williams from Oklahoma, um, Jordan Addison from Penn. I think all, I think four of their five first team all-conference projections were transfers coming in, because Clay Helen's set up to be with the portal and way it's set up. Team, there's no reason to take multiple years to get teams turned around, but it's still a bunch of new guys. They didn't address the offense or defensive line. People say defense weren't that bad. I'm like. I saw them playing up. Their defense wasn't good. They got bashed up front. I, I think that game, I want, I'm not going to pick it as a win, but that's going to be a game where it's going to be like 45 to 40. could be first to 50. And no, that sounds way, about right. I, coincidentally, I wanted, coincidentally enough, in the, in the revised S, uh, SP Plus projections, they are neck and neck. Fresno, Fresno is 45th and USC is 46th. Is, is it bold and stupid to take Fresno to win that game outright? Uh, no, I wouldn't it, say that. Or is it just bold? No, I don't think so. I would be zero shock if Fresno State wins. That would not, that'd be like retro as a mild upset. Mm-hmm. If that, because it's probably going to be, what's that week three, that game, right? Week four. Uh, week, uh, week, yeah, wait, no, I, I forget it's, the it's exact. Early on. But it's early on. It's early because USC, like, uh, I should have. Yeah, it is week three. Week. Yeah. So week Cause three, they get Cal Poly and Oregon State first. Yeah, and so I think they'll be at Oregon State. I think they'll be fine because USC. I just think I'm going to go for it. I'm going to call it because I want I want Fresno to be. I think they're going to beat USC because USC is all this hype, and it's early on. So that's why I think they won't be quite ready yet. I'm going to go bold and say they're going to beat USC. Okay. And Jalen Cropper and and um, Jay Kaner going to be one of the best combinations in the country past them, which they already, which they already were last year. And I will even go one step further if. Jay Kaner beats USC. The Bulldogs beat them. He will be – I don't think he'll be a Heisman – I don't know if he'll be a Heisman finalist, but he'll be in those Heisman top five polls if they beat USC. And they're three now after that game. You're, you're, you're a bolder man than I am. But is it is – it, if they do that, it's not that bold, though, correct? If they're 3-0 and they beat USC on the road and Oregon State, like if they're 3-0 and and Jay Kaner has 900 – a thousand yards at that point with drill possibility, like seven touchdowns, like one pick. Why wouldn't he be in consideration at that point? I don't think he'll stay there, but if you beat USC in the 33 and 0, he's getting in that mix. 
Yeah, I suppose I could see that. Okay. I'll, I'll save my next question for later if they're a contender for New Year's Six. I think yes, but we'll get to that later. Anything about Hawaii besides Timmy Ching, first-year head coach, they might sneak up on people because their run-and-shoot offense is just fun and misdirection-wise against teams? Good vibes only on the islands. Um, I remain bullish, I think, maybe more so than a lot of national prognosticators. I think they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, I think the offense is going to surprise some people. And even if the defense takes a little time to come around and, you know, maybe a little further than that, even if it never comes around, I kind of expect big things from the offense. I think that they'll be able to chuck it around and be sort of a a different kind of chaotic team than we've seen on the islands in a while. Is Brandon Shaker the quarter, or quarterback? I've seen, I've seen otherwise it may not be him. Have you heard anything? I don't anything think different? they've officially announced it yet. Okay, because I've seen a few things about that. So like, okay, we'll get that later. That might be some article I'm working on this week about some QB type stuff for week, week zero, week one. All right, so we go to uh, – who we got next? Nevada. I, Ken Wilson, I new, new quarterback. It may or may not be Nate Cox. He had the DUI. If Toa Tal running the ball, they have Don Peterson. They did have some injuries in the offensive line. They're going to struggle, man. I don't know. I don't have, unfortunately, not too many positive things to say about Nevada this year. It's like defense could be above average because of Wilson's uh, pedigree and being Oregon and Nevada before, and they have a couple pieces. But I think they're going to struggle this year, and it's unfortunate. Still a blank slate. I mean, it's yeah. I, I think the bigger the bigger questions are are definitely on the office, offensive side of the football because I think there's a lot of indications that they are definitely going to emphasize the running game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is, you know, even with you know with the air raid, like the the that element of their offense was not necessarily all that proficient. You know, even in their best years. And so, you know, I, I understand that both, you know, Toa Tawa and Devontae Lee are very talented, but I just wonder, like, with uh, a, an almost entirely new offensive line in particular, sort of trying to come together, how well that vision is going to coalesce over the course of the year. And when combined with the reality that, you know, they're replacing, you know, nearly every major contributor on the defensive line in particular, um, and, and that was a unit that, you know, for as well as it got after the quarterback struggled mightily against the run, those I think are maybe the two things that are going to hold them back this year. And so I, I think they'll be interesting. I don't think they're going to be like flat out bad, but you know, I know that there's some people out there thinking that they might surprise. I just, I right now am, I'm not going to say I'm bearish, but I'm sort of uh, lukewarm on their chances of having more than a sort of a so-so first year under Wilson. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We'll see. I, that's what I'm thinking too. So New Mexico's in, let's move on to them. Lobos. So 
it, the quarterback situation we talked about just recently is about like four to five guys. Yeah, there's there's scrimmage over the weekend, so it looks like it's going to be transfer quarterback from Kansas, Miles Kendrick, looks to be the front runner, I believe. And yeah, that's kind of that what, seems that's to kind be the indications. That, but he's not officially named to start. And also, Nate Jones had some a pretty good start to the scrimmage last week as well, including a thirty yard run. So there's no pieces in place to open up against Maine in two weeks from today's recording. But the Lobos' defense, as you mentioned before, like they could be interesting, and with the staff they have, going to be a pest a pest at somebody's side because they have some decent talent out there. But I still think overall, because they're going to be unless, unless the offense the offense has to show me something. Because here's actually here's my main goal. I'm going to change what I'm actually going to say here. If they, they need stability, they haven't had stability quarterback in literally like almost a decade, right? Like they've had injuries, bad luck. And just bad play and then coaching changes with Bob Davey to Gonzalez. So it's been – and Bob Davey, that's why the Quinter, Quinterback show like a decade ago, if anybody remembers that thing. I think I have mine mm-hmm. somewhere in my closet. But it's a joke that stuck around. It's kind of around – if you're a on Twitter, it basically means you play five quarterbacks in one game or five players through a pass. Or through season or game, preferably a game to make it really count. But if they have stability and let's say it is the Kansas – Hendricks come in, the transfer comes in, and Miles Kendrick, not Hendricks, sorry comes into plays the entire season. That's I to see more than one year of eligibility left, or is this is one one year? No, I think he's got a couple of years of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. okay. I believe I'm right. I don't miss I'm pretty sure it's more than one year. So hope if that's the case, that's what they need to do. They need to have guys be healthy, play the whole year, and then build for I don't want to say already build for next year, but they haven't had stability. If they have the same guy, they might be able to sneak off an extra winner or be way more competitive and be more fun to watch. Then switching quarterbacks when Terry Wilson gets hurt, you bring in Isaiah Chavez. I know he played good in 2020, those couple wins in the, the year, but I think that's their main goal is to have consistency and have guys for playmakers and keep them around. And if Nate Jones is that guy at running back and Miles Kendrick is that guy at quarterback, and with what Rocky Long and Gonzalez can do defensively, there is slight hope if they can keep guys healthy. They're only going to win a couple games this year, but that's kind of my – I know it's a low bar to clear, but it's like they've been so unlucky. They need some good fortune this year. Well, let's put it this way. They're projected in the in the final SP Plus projections to finish dead last on offense. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to finish dead last in the country on offense. Hey, UConn, UConn and UMass are a team still in FBS last time I checked. Yeah, so, I, so I'm going to reiterate just what I said last week when we recorded the Lobos podcast. It's, it's just going to depend. Like, okay, there's going to be positive regression. The story of the season is going to be predicated on the answer to how much. But alternatively, one of my one of my favorite sort of fun facts from the from the final projections. Do you realize that New Mexico has a higher SP plus projection on defense than both Wyoming and Utah State? Really? I yeah. didn't notice that looking through this. Wow. Okay. That Rocky well, Long's doing work out there. That's what I'm saying. Are they, can we, we have these throwboys in the ball. Are they going to be throwing the ball? Is it the throwboys again? Or is that still TBD? I hope so. I want to bring that hashtag back. Didn't their SID put in like their media guide one week or something? They did. <laughs> yes. See, Lobos love us. Thank you. So that's why I'm not, that's not why I'm being nice, but it's, yeah. it, I want, I wish them some luck. Like if, if you're a fan base of a team like that, it's gotta be tough. Like our buddy Roger, our new guy, buddy Ryan, Ryan stuff here for us. It's, it's gotta be like, I feel pain for people and you got to be into it if your team you'll enjoy the team and they're just unfortunately not very good like they were what it's it's just tough it's i, I applaud people who like teams like that because 
it's difficult. And I just wish some luck. Like, I had them as three wins, but their schedule's not easy. I had LSU. They go to Utah State. They go to Air Force. They have a couple games, like CSU potentially, UNLV potentially. There's a there's a window where we've listened to our podcast where they can, might be able to get the five wins. If they do that, oh, boy. Party in Albuquerque, right? The offense has got to show us something first. They, they definitely need to. So San Diego State, Braxton Burmeister. Did you know, Matt, he's from Virginia Tech and he had two broken ribs last year. Have you heard that once or twice? Uh, we've talked about it once or twice. And he was also at Oregon before that, too. Uh, he was. What? Can we just – I find that stuff hilarious. Most things are poison for this, blah, blah, blah. Good for him. So apparently he's been having a good connection with Jesse Matthews during camp, which is amazing because he's one of the underrated receivers. I've said this for years, and I'll say it again. Give me a quarterback that's above average, and Aztecs should blow away the conference every year. And Christian Chapman was about average. They don't need Ryan Finley-type production, but something sort of in between or maybe 20% more than Christian Chapman. Not He was great at holding the ball and not losing it, making some more plays, but the it could have been coaching him on to throw it down the field. If they allow Bergmeister to throw it a bit and get Jesse Matthews, like imagine Matthews gets like 10 targets a game. He's catching seven of them, right? At least, I will like re- okay. Well, first of all, first of all, I'm going to reiterate that you're you're still underrating Christian Chapman, but continue. I just well, my point being, and I also said it wasn't necessarily his fault for the amount of times he's throwing the ball when they have good running backs. No, I'm, just, I'm just sort of I'm just sort of joshing with you, but, no, but, I but get seriously, it. go look, go look seriously though, go look at his 2016 numbers. No, he was good. I'm just I know I get it. He protected the ball well. He moved the ball. He did what they asked him to do. If they had opened up the offense more, maybe he would have been better. Possibly. But if this offense opens up a little, which could be the case because their running game is, who's their, they don't have Greg Bill anymore. They don't have like a returning stud running back. So if they open it up a little bit and Burmeister is good and well above average, the defense we know is there. Who Everybody they have, their defense is going to be amazing. They could potentially have defensive player of the year, which they do almost every year, a player on the running. But I just, that's the position I'm looking at the most. Burmeister to Matthews. And if the running game can get going with whoever, with like Chance Bell, whoever's going to step up, if it gets to be what it typically is or within the uh, 15% range of what they usually do with like a 1,200-yard back, which is a possibility and kind of should be the baseline for them, they're well, obviously that's the reason why they're one of the contenders in the West Division and the whole conference overall, as one overall. Yeah, I mean, if, I think if Burmeister is the answer, and, he's, and he certainly looks like it, then the only real question left is, is health. And that's really sort of the one thing that has, has plagued him throughout his collegiate career, both with the Hokies and with the Ducks, I believe. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, you know, expectations thrust upon the offensive line to do its part to, to keep him on the field and give him time to throw and things like that. Or, you know, at a minimum, give him time to extend plays because that's something else he offers to this offense that the Aztecs haven't always had. And, you know, if he plays as well as I would imagine the coaching staff thinks that he can, I mean, that's why that's why the Aztecs are my pick to win the West. That's why I have them winning 10 games again this year. Are they going to beat Utah when they go to Rice Echo Stadium this year? I did not have them beating Utah. Can they beat But Utah? I did have them going undefeated in conference play. So I'm a Utah guy, people should know. I have them winning, going 10-2 as well, losing to Fresno and Utah. That game is going to be an under, underrated game because – Aztecs, like, like, here's the thing. The Mountain West is so good that multiple teams won 10 games last year. Their champions should be in the running to go to near six games as long as they don't kind of pick each other off. Like, I know Houston should be really good. Cincinnati, they lost a lot with Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, and other guys gone. Houston doesn't play Cincinnati all year. Schedule's not ideal. 
San Diego State, when they get to play Utah, they play Arizona, who should be vastly improved. They go to Fresno. They go to Boise. Their schedule is quite difficult overall. I, The reason I think they could beat Utah is if, again, it goes back to the offense because Utah is a – watching Clark Phillips against Jesse Matthews will be one a really good matchup, and that will be very difficult for Matthews to get much done because Phillips is likely a potential first-round draft pick next year. But mm-hmm. Utah, I know they're deep. They're placing Devin Lloyd. But, like, that game – Last year, what was like triple overtime? It was like nobody got to thirty. I don't think Aztecs got to thirty points that triple overtime game last year. No, it was it was thirty three to thirty one. Yeah, some low scoring for three overtimes essentially. I I I I'm gonna try to get to that game. I'm seeing what I can do. I even on down the street from there to watch that game in person because it'll be one of the best non conference games all year. I know Utah is a top ten team, could be top five at that point when they cause they're going to Florida. Probably, I think they'll be then. Sorry, Brandon. I think that that's gonna happen. They got Southern Utah the week after. Then they host San Diego State. I know it's revenge from last year, but Utah like it literally has no wide receivers. Even though they're saying they're threatening, just they always threaten that, and it kind of makes me upset. They're like saying these are mirror mirror image teams of each other. Great running games, tight ends, receivers who are eh, not great quarterback. Okay, Utah's a little bit better QB, but they're almost mirror images of each other. What they want to do well, run the ball and play good defense. <laughs> Jeremy, that's because the Utes have a legion of good tight ends instead. I know. I'm just saying. I know, but I'm just saying that's why this these teams are. Am I, I'm not wrong saying they're like mirror images. It's gonna be a good team. game either way, though. I predicting San Diego State or no to not win. Sorry, I was gonna say something weird. No, but it's gonna be a game where people need to watch and pay attention to that game nationally because if San Diego State wins, people would raise an eyebrow and kind of freak out. But I would not, even though like knowing both teams well, I would well, if not you know. Be then shocked. you know, right? Yeah, like I'm not. But well, people should know because they won last year in car on the road in Carson, and so yeah, or yeah, road green for both teams technically. But that's the game. If if people, national people freak out, but if San Jose gets that game, here's a bold prediction: if they're three and zero, win that game, they will be a top fifteen team. What's you What's Utah ranked in the preseason? Um, like six or seven, somewhere on there. If they beat Florida, they're going to top okay, five. Okay, yeah, I could. Okay, Ohio yeah, I think State, that, that, that's a reasonable yeah. take, Ben. I would yeah, say. Ohio, oh, not, oh, I thought it was being spicy. Ohio State plays Notre Dame. That's the thing. Well, no, especially. I mean, especially if Utah would have already beaten Florida. And who else did they play? Southern Utah. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I mean, if they had beaten Florida at least and come into that game two and zero, and then yeah, if San Diego State goes on the road and beats the top ten team, how often does that happen in the Mountain West or elsewhere? Oh geez, not never in the Mountain. I'd say never in the Mountain West. Outside of like a conference game that's been like TCU Utah and TCU crushed Utah in game days here back in like mm-hmm. 07, I think, or or ten. But yeah, it's pretty. Rare. It's going to be rare. But I know we're talking a lot about the game, but that, I'm just excited because I'm a Utah guy and I want to see Aztecs. Like that's a great football game. People want to watch. So yes. Anything else about the Aztecs want to add, or was that we moved on to what UNLV next for a moment? Uh, San Jose State. Okay, the only thing about San Jose State, there's not a ton. Unless, you got to know new faces. You have Shavon Cordero from Hawaii. Here's a, here's a bold take I put in my own document because they have a couple receivers coming in from like uh, Elijah Cooks and Jose, mm-hmm. and Jose Hamilton. I got two things here. Is there a world where you think they could have, be the best receiving group of the conference? Yeah, I don't see why not. Okay. Who, who, who would you put in that conversation? Like what other teams? Oh, okay. Right now. Um, okay. So San Jose State's in that conversation. Uh, let's try to go through each team with the talent. Uh, I think. Uh, well, Fresno is definitely in that conversation. Clearly, yeah, clearly. Um, I'm going to throw a dark horse at you. I'm going to say by years end, UNLV could be in that conversation. Yeah, okay, Kyle Williams up there potentially. Yeah, 
they have a fascinating group of, of, of pass catchers out there in, in Vegas. Um, did I mention Colorado State already? I'm going to throw Utah State I, in there too. I, I tossed in CSU. Utah State, if the Cobbs guys, the other Cobbs from Maryland comes in and a Fred McGriff has big, there's a potential there, especially with Logan Bonner throwing the ball around. I'd definitely put them. Uh, Boise at TBD. They could be. I just don't. We don't know. You but know? yeah, it, but you, to your to your point, yeah, it is within their own possibility, one hundred percent. Are they going to a bowl game? Because I'm surprised. No, actually, I'll go ahead. Are they making the bowl game? Is that what? What was your record on them? So people who weren't um, uh, so for San Jose State, I had them seven and five, four and four in conference. So yes, I do have them going bowling. I was shocked that I had them seven and five. I seriously thought six and six, five and seven. But when you look at the West, Nevada's not very good. UNLV's not very good. Hawaii's not going to be very good overall. And that's like three gimme wins. Then they got Portland and Western Michigan five. And then New Mexico State for six right there. And CSU at home. And so that was my kind of my big surprise, seven and five. Um, anything else to add about things? I want to kind of get to our fun game stuff at the moment here. Anything else you want to get to the – No, I think we can move on to UNLV. I found the best trope ever. So – What's it? Have you listened to Split Zone Do and the Nebraska Dead Letters episode yet? I have not. Have you listened to the Tulane one at all? Either yes. Of those? those are amazing. Go give them five bucks a month. But it's always the same thing. Referring to the Nebraska one, where it's always, did you know? Which I didn't know. They were like the first team ever to have like a full time, big time strength coach back in like the fifties or sixties or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So they have that going for them. That's kind of one of their advantages they go through. But I hate this every time because it happens all the time. Strength coach spends all the time with the team, knows them the best, and he's the best hire they've ever had. Like, stop it. They say he makes the biggest difference for the football team. They might, but that's the dumbest thing I hate hearing all the time, right? Like, it's never true. It's a good thing to have. The only time you know if it's not good is if you pull Oregon and get sued to oblivion because kids faint and pass out, or you guys are just suck. I think that's the dumbest thing to talk about and tout. And I'm not blaming like Ed Graney for writing about, writing about it, but their strength coach is an interesting guy because he senior in high school, signed up for the army after 911 back in what, 20 years ago now, essentially. But it's Matt file. He's been there for a bit, but, or no, sorry, was there for a bit in the army air force or army armed services, excuse me. But the team's saying like, Oh, he's the best guy in the program. Most important. It's like, give me a freaking break. Everybody should have a great strength conditioning group. If you don't, you're a sucky team, and maybe that's why the Rebels haven't been great for a while. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, I hate it. It's dumb. It's stupid. I don't know. I just, I just wanted to bring it out there because I saw Taylor. I thought it was dumb. You yeah, other than that, though, we're, still waiting, we're still waiting on their quarterback situation, too. Yeah, if you want to talk about football, you got between Tennessee transfer Harrison Bailey or junior Doug Brumfield, who we saw last year. Uh, who do you think it'll be? What's your gut feeling? Uh, I believe I mentioned on the podcast, like if, if it were my choice, I probably would have gone with Cameron Friel. But uh, as of is- nine hours ago, uh, Alex Wright over at the Las Vegas Review Journal made a note that the competition is down to Bailey and Brumfeld. Correct. Yes. That's um, not too but, we're, but we're not going to know until kickoff because that's how they seem to always do it in Vegas. Well, everywhere, because, you know, these are uh, top secrets playing checks notes, uh, some FCS school. They hope State secret. Exactly. Um, Utah State, we talked about them a little bit. Their biggest loss was Devin Tompkins, obviously. They lost Justin Rice, handful of defenders on that team. Uh, Cobb, Steph, not Stephen Cobbs. Oh, what's his name? What's his Cobbs' first name from Maryland? Do you recall? Uh, you were referring to Brian Cobbs. Brian Cobbs, yes. I know it's a Cobbs guy. He 
he's a big question mark who could add that receiver depth you mentioned about being a potentially best in the conference. Um, I just, ooh. if McGriff and Cobb and other guys on that unit can, Logan Bonner will find those guys. I think it's just kind of a matter of when, not if. It's just like, how soon can they get together and get going? And it also predicate Calvin Tyler Jr. running the ball, being healthy and help, helping that newish wide receiver group or less experienced from last year to getting more, more experience this year to be elite. Okay. So, so here's the thing about Utah state. And I think I'll, I'll try to give like the succinct version of what I tried to lay out when we recorded the Aggies podcast a while back. Yes. They didn't make like the splashiest moves in the transfer portal, but they got the guys to plug the exact holes that they needed to pass catchers, linebacker, safety, pass rush, right? It is still a team that brings back, at worst, maybe the second or third best quarterback in the conference. Maybe the best running back in the conference. Definitely one of the most experienced offensive lines in the conference, too. Um, And so I think, you know, yeah, they figured it out by the end of last year. And yes, it'll be a challenge for them to try and, you know, pull it all together again with with a number of sort of new faces. But at the same time, like... You know, I think when, you know, one of the questions we got from Vic Saunders at One True Aggie was like, you know, why does everyone believe it's so impossible for USU to repeat? I have never said that. Who, yeah, who's saying that? It's like, he trashed on SP Plus and everything. It's like, he's a gigantic Aggie homer and fan, which is awesome. And the passion is great. But just because you're not predicted to win the conference doesn't mean people trash you on your bash on you that you can't repeat. And, and to that to that difficult. point, I just want so like I just want to reiterate that I had Utah State winning ten games this year. I have them going ten and two. Yeah. Sorry, we don't, think we don't the have them winning the. The only reason I don't have them winning the division is because I have them losing the head to head to Air Force. Yeah. Like, but I have them you know, as I, nine I, and three. But I recognize that they have a great deal of continuity both on the field and off the field. Like they're what one of twenty teams in the country that still has their head coach. And both their coordinators. Yeah. I recognize that that's a big deal. And so, yes, are, are they the number one team in the conference? No. But you know what? You know what? I just looked up the odds. And this was something I know you put on our on our notes sheet. Um, so I just looked it up, betmgm.com, right? Odds on favorite in the conference is Fresno State, plus 225. Boise State is plus 250. Air Force, plus 400. San Diego State, plus 550, Utah State, plus 800. There is not a huge amount of difference between how Vegas sees the Aggies and the teams ahead of them. They are firmly in the conversation, and I really don't know who's out there trying to suggest otherwise. The only nitpick I have, like, I'd say there's – well, no, I can't even nitpick because it's – those are odds – again, also people odds. They want people to bet on teams. Which is why Texas. Yeah, has, I mean, like, if, top, you're thinking, if you're thinking if you're thinking eight to one, then you're thinking let's what twelve percent, twelve point five percent, and and honestly, it's, like that to me, in my opinion, seems a touch low. Like if I had to put the odds on them winning the conference, it's probably closer to twenty or twenty five percent. Like if I'm doing a quick power ranking of like in the Mountain Division, them Boise and Air Force are right there. It's those three teams. Yeah, and I so <clears throat> excuse me. Though they're all, I think they're all very close. The only reason I put Utah State slightly behind either of those, they lost an all-time best receiver ever, Devin Tompkins. Losing an all-time great at any position on any team, and you're that good, it's hard to replace. And so that could be why they're taking a little, like they're not projected to be the favorites. 
Boise always gets a favorite, which you would agree because they're the name brand and everything. Returning quarterback, fifth-year guy, starter. But they've had a lot of issues. But, like, overall, there's, there's in my opinion, there's five teams, maybe six on being gender. So it's the five teams you mentioned. And I think San Jose State is – they're my – we'll go through Dark Horse and Bolt stuff. They're my – like, my Dark Horse team would go win it all. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of even a step behind Fresno, San Diego State, and then Boise, Utah State, and Air Force. They might not win 11 games at this time around, but they can still very much win the Mountain West. Yeah, Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, they, there's a – they're, like, nobody's bad. I think the other point being super fan, all that stuff, if we're not predicting the win, everybody hates us. I think that's where they're coming from, honestly. But you know what also helped them re- repeat? Calvin Tyler Jr. being healthy the entire year. You know what also helped them repeat? What's that? Is that they can play exactly like they did down the stretch last year. Don't play like Which, you did worse. Honestly, honestly, there's there's a lot of reasons to think that they could. And that's why I picked them to win ten games. Yeah, I got them at nine partly because Oskin's on the road. So all right, final team Wyoming. Is there any excited the injuries you mentioned? They have a quarterback situation. They did the swap or trade with Utah State quarterback. Like who like those guys moving around. Like what's your any fascinating inside of Wyoming really, outside of replacing a couple guys who went to the NFL? I mean, I kind of felt like they didn't really have a lot of margin for error already. You know, by by virtue of sort of you know, betting on their track record of development more than anything else, like they they were very selective about who they brought in on the transfer portal. And full power five guys came in, which helps. Yeah, and so you know, but now you know there was uh, you know Latrell Bible who you know left. I think you know right around media days he was he left the team. You know, and now all of a sudden there's you know a new starter at center, which is a not an unimportant position on the offense. Um, you know, there's still questions about Andrew Peasley and whether he's going to be able to take a step forward as a quarterback. And, you know, while the two guys I mentioned earlier, Coors and Gentry, weren't necessarily like, you know, counted on to be the guy at their respective positions. Mm-hmm. Like that's two pieces of depth that the Cowboys no longer have. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a different kind of bet that the Cowboys are making than other teams in the conference. And, at least from where I'm sitting right now in late August, I just, I don't know if it's going to work out all the way in the way that they envision it. Like some, some of it might work. I just don't think all of it is going to work. Gotcha. That makes sense. It's, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Cause it's going to be defense will be there. Quarterbacks. They've tied to swine one of the best running backs in conference. So there's that too, to help them lead the way that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get to, that's all the team stuff. So we go to, we have a plethora of over-unders on here. So let me ask you this kind of go back and forth. Okay. Um, is a non what's the chance a non quarterback wins offensive player of the year? And if so, so, who would it be? Who would it be? Okay, so the Mountain West has been around since 1999, right? Correct. So there have been 22 offensive player of the years. I went back and I looked at every single time a non quarterback had won it, and it it has happened roughly a third of the time. Um, it happened three straight years, thanks to San Diego State with both Danell Pumphrey and Rashad Penny. But then I believe, if memory Chad serves, Force was one. yeah, you got to go back to 2007 to find the guy. And then, you know, then you look at Dontrell Moore, you look at Mike McDougal, uh, other guys like that. Long story short, if it's not a quarterback, it is likely to be a running back. Yeah, because if you're a receiver like, say, Devin Tompkins last year or this year, Jalen Cropper, you're getting the ball thrown so to them. So, so if you were, so if, so if somebody was offering you three to one odds, because I think that's sort of what the odds are based off of past precedents, mm-hmm. 
and you and you know that it is the the overwhelming likelihood because you know uh, like Hall on the Mountain West website is listed as a running back and a wide receiver. He's the only one with that distinction. Like every other player who's won it that's not been a quarterback has been a running back. So in that particular case, somebody's offering you three to one odds. How much money do you put on it, and who do you put your money on? Ooh, uh, so three to one. I would toss fifty. Okay, here fifty bucks is reasonable. I don't want to go overboard. Okay. And then I don't want to lose money, but I think 50 is a good – we can get 150 back, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I have two guys in mind, George Lonnie and Calvin Tyler. Those are the two I would think have the best chance because running – if you look at it, running back, I could pick a San Diego State running back possibly, but if you narrow down, it has to be who's good. Actually, maybe Jordan Mims, but I'm – I those are the, these are my three guys, Halani, Tyler, and I'll go with Jordan Mims to play for Fresno State because he can catch the ball a little bit. Those are my top three guys I would go – I would kind of consider because they're on good teams. I guess Brad Roberts, I guess I have to put in there too, maybe go four. Apologies for expanding my list here. But oh, – actually, I would do – here's what I here's – here's my, here's my best – here's the best chance scenario for the happen. Air Force wins the conference, and it's Brad Roberts. That's who I think would be the most logical. I think the best – Calvin Tyler has a really good chance because what he did last year and everything. But I think if Air Force wins the league, you're on a team that's not the best quarterback in the conference, clearly, because it's a different type of guy. And I wonder if they'd give it to Brad. And Brad Roberts have better numbers than his Zeke Daniels, a quarterback, running wise, mm-hmm. obviously. So I think – Yeah, that was, that was I, good. I'd go Brad answer. Oh, wait, dang it. I still your thought. I was going somewhere else, but no, I think Brad okay. Roberts <laughs> – Dang it. Is it the kind of same scenario because it's a, you don't have a, a league quarterback on your team leading the way? Or at least I mean, a traditional I, I would, elite quarterback. I would have to imagine that's probably part of it. Yeah. Um that, but I don't think necessarily that being like a big time winner is is necessarily a prerequisite because you know Carson Strong won it last year and Nevada only won eight games. Um but I would also say like I'm I'm not gonna put fifty dollars on it. I might put like five or ten dollars on it because I ain't trying to get cleaned out. And that's mostly yeah. because I just don't think it's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be one quarterback or another in the conference. So who's it going to be? Is it what Jay Kaner? But if, if I had to put money on it, I would put $10 on Brad Roberts to do it. Okay. it's a good point. All right. So, so here's a good one. I like, do you like, do you want to read the next one? Cause I like this one. Okay. okay. Um, I thought the answer to this one was pretty obvious, um, but you have the, the combined wins of Nevada, UNLV, Hawaii, and New Mexico being more or fewer wins than the conference champion. You think it, you put more? Do you, why do you think that's? I think it's. I was going to go three teams, but so you're, you're more. You, so you think those four teams will get at least ten wins? Uh, yeah, because uh, you know, in the best case scenario. So, so just to lay this out there. So I have, uh, I have Air Force and I have San Diego State as my division winners, right? Both of those teams I have projected for ten and two. So whoever wins that conference championship, that's eleven. I'm going to assume that they also win their bowl game, which puts them at 12. And okay. between Hawaii, UNLV, Nevada, and New Mexico, I have five, nine, 12, 14 wins between the four of them. And so I think it's it's not necessarily that close. I would so I would I, take I, it to the bottom. Okay, I was debating three or four teams. If I go to the West teams, would you? I would. What's your number say then? If it's if I move to Mexico. Uh ooh, okay. So well, see, that was more interesting. Be, I would still be 12, so that'd be a push. Okay. I hope that's not the case. You want the conference to be better. By then, that'd be fun to kind of see. Okay, where are these teams at? I uh, let's I let's say it, let's say let's say five to one odds on that. Okay. I, I 
I think it's the. I mean, all they got to do is win three games each, essentially, and I think that could be that. Plus, Hawaii has that thirteenth game as well. Hmm. Yeah, going four teams probably makes it a little too easy. Three teams would be more. Would be if it was three teams, would you play twenty to one to get that? Would you give go that route? If we Ooh, were okay, that's tough. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think about it. Okay, all right. Just wondering. Um, you know, some juice behind that one. Heck yeah, I got you. Four is too easy. I apologize for making it too simple. Um, Air Force has a pair of thousand yard rushers. Yes, no, zero chance. Zero. I didn't realize it never happened. I just tossed that in there. So you put notes. Well, okay, so never, never. So I so I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that it has never happened. Why well, I, I can tell you. Is that I, yeah? I went back through Sports Reference and I and I went from from 2021 all the way back to 1999, plus back into like the, the early 90s, I think. Um, and and while the Falcons have very often had very strong running games, as you would suspect, um, you know the the product of their offense, the product of what makes their ground game so efficient, is their depth. So, like, they've really only come close, as best as I can recall, maybe once or twice in that time. You know, it's more likely that they all have, like, one guy run for a 1,000 yards, and then, like, their next their next guy would run for, you know, 700 yards. And then you'd have two or three more that are somewhere between, like, 200 and 400. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, if, if somebody wants to give you odds on that, um, I would say, you know, steer clear, because they're, they're going to they're clean you out. It's not going to happen. I'm surprised. I know Nevada years ago had 3,000 rushers, like with about a decade ago. I just thought it happened. I, I just tossed it in there and I forgot to go back and look at research because sometimes I do that. I'm surprised it hasn't happened a long time. Yeah, so, so you're thinking about the you're thinking about the, the Kaepernick Tower years, right? By Tower? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, that's a different offense. Mm-hmm. I felt it would make, but honestly, it would make sense. Air Force would have had that at least a couple times based on their offense, but I guess not. Um, Utah, we already talked about Utah State repeating, CSU bowling. Um, you're, okay, most likely upset for FCS. Who do you got and why? So so I hate to break it to Wolfpack fans, but that incarnate word team might be pretty good again this year. Despite losing and I think the quarterback the tr- and everybody else to Washington State. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about, yeah, they're, they're replacing their head coach. They're replacing, you know, their, their quarterback who was like a, you know, Awesome, awesome guy, Cameron Ward. Um, but they're also replacing him with a guy who had over 2,000 yards passing and nearly 1,000 yards rushing, too. It is still an offense that is likely to fire on all cylinders most weeks. The trick is going to be whether or not Nevada can keep pace with them with an offense that has a lot of its own unknowns. Because, the you know, the Cardinals' defense might be leaky, but it could also be the same kind of game that, you know, they saw their downstate rivals, you know, you know, uh, get up ended against Eastern Washington last year. And it, it would not be outside their own possibility that, you know, Nevada could lose a game in a similar kind of fashion. So while I have them beating Incarnate Word, if I had to choose one game that a Mountain West team could lose, uh, that would be my pick. That's a good one. That's a very, very, very good one. I'm looking through who I would pick. Is there... I'm going to go – there's two – I mean, look at the FCS Top 25 poll. We Mountain West plays UT Martin, mm-hmm. Sacramento State, Incarnate Ward. Those are 12, 11, 12, 13. Is it, is it UC Davis on the schedule, right? Aren't they? On the uh, no. So there were there were Cal five Poly. there were five FCS-ranked teams. So you mentioned UT Martin. Northern, Northern Iowa. Um, correct, yeah. yeah, Northern Iowa. Uh, Incarnate Ward is one of them. Yeah. Uh, so, who else was there? Um, 
I'm sorry, what did you say? South Dakota, are they on the schedule? No, we don't play South Dakota this year. There were five of them, and I, I put it out on a tweet, and now I can't remember it. No um, worries. Um, I'm going to go with Sacramento State because they're playing. Sacramento State is a very good team. They are. They, they play CSU after a road game up to Wazoo. The Rams are, and, they, and the Rams already would, would have played Michigan and Washington State, which would be very difficult games. I just think with the already getting beat up and playing those tough teams, yeah, it'll be a nice little. They might be going to, oh, finally, we can take a sigh of relief and breathe. We're playing Sac State, but they could be a top 10 team at that point. And with um, oh, their co- head coach is the former Utah OC, I forget his name off the top of my head. Troy Taylor. But, yeah, Troy Taylor. I want to say Tyrod Taylor. Like, no, that's a quarterback in the NFL with the Falcons or Giants, I forget. I think the Giants. But I, I think Sac State could. That's my potential upset bid in FCS. I do like your incarnate word as well. Northern Iowa is good, but they play Air Force. Not going to happen. Um, UT Martin drank, but they're playing Boise State. Not going to happen. Um, Weaver State, Utah State, even though they're pretty good with Jay Hill there, not going to happen. But, yeah, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm leaving there. So what do we got next year for our kind of random stuff to talk about? Power five wins so, slash upsets. So we have, I have an article I haven't put out yet. I have a Google Doc within our group. The Mountain West plays 17 games against uh, Power five teams. <laughs> the consensus was six wins. One person to put nine, so I'm not sure that is, but I love your being bold, this nine and eight person. So six as a consensus. What is your – so for, like, I don't say upset, but you chose six wins as well. Do you have your six wins in front of you at all? I do. I wrote them down. So I have – I did not, so I need you to go for it. So I have San Diego State over Arizona. Oh, I, I, have both you, yes. Fre- I have both Fresno State and Boise State beating Oregon State. Same. I have mine on here too, so yeah. I have UNLV over Cal. Ooh, that's spicy. Uh, Air Force over Colorado. Okay. And Hawaii over Vanderbilt. Okay. So I have my list here. I don't have wins. I, I rank them in order. So my top five, real quick, Arizona, San Diego State. Same as you, Oregon, Fresno, Boise, Oregon State. I'm going at everywhere. Colorado Air Force. And I have Wyoming and Illinois as number five. USC, Fresno State, number six. And I, I, for some reason, probably stupidly, I've seen a state over Utah above Vanderbilt, Hawaii. But as for our group consensus here, they have – here's their oh, – trying to find a sponsor too overall. So when you look at overall who we have here, if I can – oh, crap. Sorry. I'm going to my Google Doc here. I'm not very familiar with it apparently. So the number one response was four teams. Boise, Oregon State, Colorado Air Force, Vanderbilt at Hawaii got a number one vote. And then only – are you surprised only two people put Arizona, San Diego State as the number one upset? Or not upset, but P5 win? That seems like the most I mean, I think, it's a, I think it's a reasonable one, but maybe not like the overwhelming consensus. I mean, Arizona's, Arizona might have some signs of life this year. I would have gone Colorado or Arizona game as my top choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but here's the kicker. Arizona got four, or not four, got the 57% second place votes. So that's the most likely... So what's well out of all these groups that teams are going through? Where would be? Where's like the upset line? Like, okay, this is an upset here. Ooh, okay. So of the okay, so of the ones I didn't choose, now I, now I got to think. Here, um, here's, my, here's here's my thoughts. If you're Gavin, here's why I think who would legitimately be an upset. Wyoming over Illinois is an upset, and not just betting line, but I think that's an upset. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I honestly think Illinois is going to be a little bit better than I think a lot of other people do. So, yes. Okay. Fresno, USC, obviously, an upset. 
San Diego State at Utah, upset. Vanderbilt and Hawaii, despite Vandy being a six-hour point favorite, I'd say slight upset, but I'd more 50-50 in my opinion. Okay, I'll give you one. What do you got? Nevada at Iowa. Yeah, that's upset. That's not going to happen. No, okay, well, here's the, here's the thing. So <laughs> so everything I just said about, you know, incarnate word in Nevada in that game, you know, a yeah. lot of that has to do with sort of uncertainty about offense, but like, or, or like the offense's ability to keep up, but you're not going to have that problem at Kinnick. We saw CSU and Iowa last year was close for a half at least. It was close for like three quarters. It was like 14 yeah. to seven going into the fourth. And you so get the Kirk Ferentz offense with the Brian Ferentz offense, which is trash. <laughs> yeah. So like all it might take for Nevada to hang around in that game is for their defense to be able to, to, to create a couple opportunities for itself. And I think, you know, in that case, you know, the fact that Nevada still has a relative strength in their secondary in True. particular. You know, Iowa might be content to, like, sit on the football and score as few points as possible and let its defense and special teams do the work. But I think that's exactly the kind of situation where Nevada could try and steal one if if, if they are able to create enough breaks. Okay. What, what, what's your boldest um, P5 upset? The, okay, so of the ones I actually chose? Just, just anything. Like, what do you – sure, pick, just pick your kind of – like Aztecs over Arizona, whatever. Like pick one that's like a little spicy. You want to be Cal's up there. I, I got to admit that. That's pretty high for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think Cal's going to be that good. That's why. Um, you're going to make me do this. Uh, so of that group, I'm going to go uh, Wyoming over Illinois. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go bull. I'm going to go San Jose seed over Auburn. I'm, I'm buying okay. it. Um, Auburn hates Brian Harson, and consequently, if they if they win that game, he's fired. If they lose to San Jose State at home, he's gone. I and that's kind of leads into my next quick, my our next little comment here. We have a few minutes left, but I think it's, it's Isaiah Hamilton, Elijah Cooks, and then like whoever's going to run the ball, Kyrie Robinson or anybody else, Kyrie Robinson. I think that offense has the potential to cause some danger down south against a lot of these teams. That's why they're my dark horse team, like outside of the favorites to win the conference potentially. But I'm going big, and that's my big P5 upset. That's more of an upset than Fresno beating USC by miles, I think. I can get behind that. Okay, real quick on these. New Mexico and UNLV play one quarterback all year. And do I need to qualify not for injury or for performance-wise? Do you care? Uh, you you provided zero qualifications, which is why I put the odds at way under 50%. Okay, what if they're healthy? What if what are the odds a starting quarterback doesn't get hurt, but is um, just in plays the whole year? I still say it's less than 50% so, because, so, yeah, because, it, because it took UNLV exactly like three quarters to pull the plug on Justin Rogers in week one last year. Okay. Um, they've had, they've had exactly one season since I don't even know when, where they played one guy started one guy all year long. Ronnie Rogers, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no. And that one guy from if memory serves was Max Gilliam. Oh my gosh. That guy got after us on Twitter. He's like, I'm not coming to the backup guys. Yeah, um, so okay, and I just you know I think even if injuries don't threaten to upend them, I think ineffectiveness could be a hindrance for both teams. So yeah, I would uh, I would put the odds of both of those things happening way under fifty percent. So you didn't like my shave on Cordero leads a Mountain Western Conference in passing? You're like no. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, and that's mostly because he's more well rounded than that. So it's it's not that I don't think that he can lead the conference. I think 
you know, when you look at the yards per game that he offered, like, you know, last year he was third. You know, he trailed only Carson Strong and Jake Hayner in terms of total offense per game. The difference was between those two guys is that he ran for over 300 yards. Okay. And so I think it is probably a little more likely if everything breaks right, that he simply leads the, he simply leads the conference total offense rather than in pa- strictly in passing yards. And my last bold thing, Hayner, Heisman finalist. Yeah, I mean, I don't see that happening. Oh, I don't believe in your team. Okay, I see how it is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't have them winning the division, so. All right, that's fair. I, I love Fresno State. So they're my clear favorite to win the conference title. I'm still all high in them. So really quick, let's blast these. I know we're running out of time. Dark Horse title game. I have San Jose State. Well, I mean, who do you have? I got San Jose State versus Colorado State. And by dark horse, I assume we'd have to eliminate. I see some answers in there, and I'm kind of questionable on a couple of them. But my opinion is Air Force, Boise, Utah State, San Diego State, Fresno State should not be included. But that's just me. <laughs> People can pick what they want. Okay. Because we see we got a couple of Air Force in there. So my dark horse champion, as you probably hear, San Jose State Spartans. You have. I have got the Rams. I've got Colorado State. I was guessing you had the most spiciest pick, but our buddy Brandon went with his uh, Nevada Wolfpack, which would be... Somebody's got to keep the faith. Heck yeah, right? That's, I said, I'm like, whew. Those are, I like, the Rams have a chance, I think, well, they if they sling the ball around, Jenner Ravel's as good as a coach as we think he is, there's a shot. Um, Unexpected breakout player. Is me putting Calvin Tyler too on the nose because he played well last year? Probably. I don't know if I would okay. count him as a breakout player. What about Clay? Uh, the, or not, I, I don't know what my typing was there because you see it's a mess. Um, Colorado State quarterback Clay Millen. All of that. More, that's what I think could be because the offense they're doing and how much the opportunity he has. Like, I know for, if he's freshman of the year, I wouldn't count that as a breakout player. But if he's top five in passing, I'd say that's a breakout year, right? Mm-hmm. And you have an interesting pick out UNLV. UNLV. Yeah, I really like Jeff Weimer. I like what I've seen at a fall camp. I like, you know, the production that he had at one of the top JUCO programs in California. And I think, you know, if they are able to settle their quarterback situation, he could be the the exact kind of compliment that Kyle Williams really needs in the passing game. Okay. We already mentioned our non-QB player of the year. I went Calvin Tyler. You went Brad Roberts. I could go either mm-hmm. way. Um, so the games we're looking most forward to, what's your two games you put on here? We've all put two games. All right, so out of conference, um, as a Fresno State fan, I had to pick the USC game, even though I'm Obviously. not looking forward to it in a lot of ways. Are you going, are you going to that game? Uh, I might try, yeah. Or we'll you see. want to avoid a Vegas Bowl situation, because last time I didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then as far as uh, league play, the, I'm looking forward to San Diego State versus Boise State, because, you know, one, you know, both of those teams have had each other's numbers at different times over the years. Two, it's early in the conference schedule, so it's going to dictate a lot of what happens for uh, going forward after that. And, and three, it'll be a 10-6 to six final for one team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going San Diego State at Utah for obvious reasons I already mentioned outside of conference. In conference play, San Diego State at Fresno State. Because that mm-hmm. clearly, I think, is going to decide the West Division. And that'll be strength versus strength, offense versus defense. That'll be kind of what I want to see. That There's so many good games. Um, let's do, we have a couple minutes to do a couple quick questions or we got to go, Matt? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Oh, I was thinking we could rip through some hot takes and, and, and gauge how hot they actually are. Okay. All right. So, so let's, let's run through these real quick. You, you tell me like a scale of, uh, of one to five, let's say. 
So our, our Boise, our Boise writer, Colin Clovis at Polaris Man 17, Boise State has a QB and a running back earn all conference first team honors for the first time since 2011. That's a five, but it's also not going to happen. They might get George Lottie, but, but they're not getting Hank Bachmeyer. All right. Uh, so at Andrew Hansen, Air Force, Fresno, and Boise State will all be ranked in the final AP poll. So that's part one. Why did they hit Utah State? One to five. <laughs> one to five. How hot it is. One to five. Um, with three teams, I'd put about a two and a half because that's happened before. I think it's like a two because I can definitely see that happening. Give uh, me four second teams. Part of like that, if, though. Hold on. If they're at San Diego State, I'd put that as like a five. Okay, seven Mountain West teams will go to a bowl game. Air Force, one, Boise. one, one. It's happened before. CSU, CSU. <laughs> eight last year. Come on. That's true. So, okay, yeah, sorry. I'll call out a one. I'll, I'll just. I still like that. it. I want it. But I want eight. Um, All right, ooh, uh, I'll give you this. Q- oh, Q- oh yeah, you, oh, go you ahead. Can... Air Force wins one game. Ooh, I mean, I've got them losing two games. I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna call that a four. Four out of five. I, I agree. I agree with you. Nevada's bowl eligible. That's five. That's a hot take. That's, that's, that's a spicy bold prediction. I love. I love it. San Jose State will not. That is also a quality take. Um, I would say you know, three, three and a half out of five. I would say. Okay. Mountain West has a winning record versus BYU and the Pac-12. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got two of the three teams beating BYU. So um, personally, I'd probably call that like a one or a one and a half. Because uh, yeah, I have both say... Utah State and Boise beating the Cougars. Yeah, I'd say about a two. About two. I think they'll both be Oregon State in the, within the conference. He'll mm-hmm. he'll beat Arizona. I don't think he'll beat Utah State. Oregon State, tough one. Washington State, that's a win over CSU. Okay, I say about so, a two. Okay, that, so here's here's a couple more yeah. near the bottom. Uh, at C Smitty underscore ninety nine, Fresno State finishes in the top ten in the college football playoff ranking. That's the second spiciest take here out of Nevada going to be below. But it's still a five. That's a that's a six out of five in my opinion. A six? Oh boy! Th- if that happens, if that happens, they're, they're out, in right? a New Year's Six bowl game, and I and I'm probably going to Phoenix or Dallas or somewhere. Yeah, it's, um, it's Dallas regardless. That's the setup. Yeah. You're going to uh, at Matkinen, Craig Bowl gets fired after another underwhelming Wyoming season. What it, what what do we consider underwhelming? Not bowl eligible? Maybe. So let's rephrase it. If they don't go to a I think, bowl, I think it's like I think it's like a four because I, I don't think it's going to happen even if they miss a bowl game this year. And I think it's also because they owe them a lot of money. That's true. I'll go. So you think that he will get fired? Yeah, I'll go three and a half. I can see it. Because okay. here's I think those were all the takes year, that, I think those are all the hot takes that we had, if I'm not mistaken. Most of the questions, like P5 wins the conference, we kind of answered about six ish, I think. Six uh, and 11 think? overall. That was my record. Yeah, that's our consensus. New Mexico, hopefully for health, they win a couple games. Yeah, I think that's pretty much any any final thoughts, any lasting Bayless, Stephen A. Smith takes you want to throw out there before we go. Are we just going to wrap it up and say? I think oh, you know what you know what we didn't we didn't get my bold prediction. You didn't give yours. Oh, our bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, what's your you go first? What's your bold prediction? Uh, I think Clay Millen is going to throw thirty touchdowns this year. Thirty touchdowns! Oh my goodness! Uh, my bold prediction. Um, I got a, oh, we got a couple of these here. Oh, we kind of went out through most of these. Um, I do need my big bold prediction here. Um, I will say, okay, this is really okay. I got two here. So you tell me what's more bold. I think these two are very, very bold. No, I, um, I'll go bold plus realistic. 
San Diego State and Fresno State, State both beat USC and Utah. Ooh, that's a good one. My other one was Jake Kaner Heisman finalist, but that's that's more difficult, I think. Those are those are some insanely good ticks. I think we can leave even it on though, that note. Even though I'm a Utah guy, it's not out of the question. But that's my big bold take. Aztecs and Fresno State Bulldogs win beat their Pac-12 teams. USC, Utah. This, this is the this is the time of year to throw it all out there and see what happens. Exactly. I'm excited. Um, we're here. Week zero is here. And also, yes, Jamora, your Yukon Huskies are the fodder for Utah State this week. <laughs> that was hilarious. But we'll get to that in our preview show next uh, in a couple days. Um, so, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. MWR.com. If you missed any of our preview podcasts, they're still relevant. They're still great to listen to. Go tune those in. Download, subscribe, listen to our in-season shows. We'll do about at least two a week. Who knows what else will pop and do some random stuff. We might do some Twitter spaces if our schedules uh, align throughout the season. But Matt, we made it. The offseason is officially over because it's game week practice. Week zero press conferences are Monday. All these teams. So, yeah, we'll see you next time, folks, and hope your team wins.